This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Okay, good morning, church. How are we? Good. Um, I, I'm really excited to share with you this morning. Really excited because I believe that God has something incredible in store for us this morning. Are you ready for that? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Um, now, I, I, I just want to um, start uh, by saying that for me, uh, this is such a privilege. There is nothing that I love more than being able to share God's word with people and helping people encounter God in new ways. And as you, as you um, hear a little bit of my story today, I think you'll start to see why that is the case. And I just want to start by um, sharing a story of my life. So I did not grow up in church. Um, I came to faith. I came to know Jesus when I was in my schooling years. And for me, that was a significant moment where I came in to church, and I discovered the love of God for the first time, and I gave my life to Jesus. But however, when I was in high school, there were other distractions um, that came in, distractions like school and work and relationships and family and finances and all these things that kind of cause distractions in your life. And because of that, I became what I would like to call a seat warmer. And what I mean by that is I came in every week to church, I sat down on my comfy little pew chair, and I sat there, and then I'd get up, and I'd go home, and I'd come back, and I'd sit down, and I'd stand up, and I'd go home, and I'd repeat that over and over and over again. But I wouldn't say that I was allowing space or time in my life to encounter God or to make myself available to what God wanted to do and to how he wanted to use his power to come into my life. And so I want to ask us this question. I want to ask us this question. Have you ever felt like a seat warmer? Have you ever felt like you're just going through the motions of life and you, you rock up and you're going, okay, I'm here. And then I'm going home and I'm going through all those motions of life. And that's great. But however, you feel like you're not creating space or time for God to move in your life. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you're just going through those motions? And so um, this morning, I really felt that God wanted me to share on the difference between ability versus availability. And this is going to be an interactive session, which means that I'm going to engage with you and you're going to engage with me. So hopefully that's not too scary for some of you. Um, and... Uh, when it comes to God, when it comes to anything, we can either engage with something or we can observe something. And so I want us just to have a bit of a discussion. 
what are the benefits of observing and what are the benefits of engaging? And this is an interactive part. So what, what are some benefits of observing something? Learning from it, right? So if I want to learn to play drums as amazingly as Con Michael, I've got to observe the master in action. I've got, to, I've got to sit down with him and see how he does his roles and his cymbals and all of that. I can't just kind of rock up and never see a drum kit in action and expect to be amazing. So what, what else is a benefit of observing? You can laugh at something. You can laugh at something? Yeah, what, what, what do you mean by that? Yes, it, yeah, exactly. So maybe you do so, something funny or someone else, one of your friends does something funny and you get to observe that and you get to kind of have a little bit of a laugh, a little bit of a joke with them. Yeah, what, what else? What are some... You don't have to take responsibility? Is that... Oh, so yeah, that's, that's a benefit, hey, because someone else is doing all the work and you just kind of get to watch that, yeah? You can go on scene, yeah, for... Hands up if you don't really like to be seen sometimes. Yeah? <laughs> all, all of those people, all of those people that didn't want to be seen were the ones that were just like... Okay. So what, 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 are, what about when it comes to engaging? What are some of the benefits of engaging? You learn, yeah, so you learn as you're doing as well. It's relational, yeah. So most people, most relationships, you have to engage in some sense of the word. So I can't just watch someone from afar and say that we're friends because that is stalking, that is not friendship. Um, so what, what else is a benefit of engaging? You partner with them, yeah, so you partner with them. Yeah, yeah. So you you get to be a part of it. You get to experience it more fully, and I think the same can happen with God. Sometimes we can observe God doing things in other people's lives, and we're just kind of watching and going like, "Oh, you know, God's doing something in that person's life, and I'm just here and feel like God's not doing anything in my life because we're just observing." We're not engaging and going, hey, God, what is it that you have with me? And so observing and engaging both have their benefits, but we can't just be observers. We've also got to engage with what God has for us. And I want to suggest that there's two reasons why people don't engage. And for me, in my story, why I didn't engage. And the first one is, I haven't... I hadn't experienced God move in my life. I hadn't experienced God's power in my life. And so just like drumming with Con Michael, if I've never seen anyone play the drums, I'm not just going to hop up on a drum kit and play in front of all of you guys because I haven't experienced that for myself. And the second thing is they don't have confidence in their own ability. So we're not going to pray for God to move powerfully in someone's life if we haven't experienced that in our own life and also if we don't have the confidence in our ability. 
Maybe, maybe you feel, oh, I, 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 I don't really know the right words to say. I don't really know the right words to pray. I've, I've never prayed for that before. I don't know what I'm doing. And so we start to doubt and not have confidence in our ability. And so what I want us to do is I want us to explore the followers of Jesus and a time where they were expecting and they were waiting for God to move. And the passage is from Acts 2. And I'm just going to give you a bit of context before we read. So Jesus had spent all of his time with his disciples, his followers, his friends. And then what happens is Jesus dies. And then three days later, he rises on uh, Resurrection Sunday. And then he spends some time with his followers and his friends, teaching them and being with them. And then he leaves and he goes back up to heaven. And so Pentecost literally means 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. So 50 days later, the followers are feeling probably all kinds of emotions going, you know, Jesus is gone. We're leaderless. What are we going to do? And so they do the only thing that they know how to do, what Jesus has taught them. They gather and they pray. And they gather and they pray. And they keep gathering and they keep praying and they're waiting and they're expecting God to come because Jesus promised them that he would send the Holy Spirit. And so they're waiting and they're praying. And also, about 800 years before Jesus, there was this guy called Joel not Joel Curtis, but another Joel called the prophet Joel. And prophet just means someone that heard from God and was God's mouthpiece to his people. He spoke on God's behalf. And he said in Joel 2 that he promised that God would send his spirit onto all the people. And so then 50 days later, Pentecost happens. And let's read the story. So On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability." And then, and then what happens is um, they begin speaking in all these other languages and the people around them are like, oh, you guys are drunk, like you guys are nuts. What, what is going on here? And so Peter, he gets up and he says this, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. And what also, what also happens is um, that... 
Peter also says this. He says, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what stands out to you in this passage? This is an interactive part, by the way. What stands out to you in this passage? What do you notice? Yeah, they, they almost had this like confidence that they're like, hey, we, we don't care what you think about us. We are filled with God's spirit and we are going out to do what he's told us to do. Yeah, great. What else stands out to people? What do you notice? Patience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the disciples expected God to come. He promised that he was coming and they expected that he was going to do what he said. Yeah. They spent time waiting. Yeah, waiting for God. They they made themselves available. Yeah. Something supernatural happens. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got this courage to speak the word of God out. Yeah, what, what stands out for me is some of what you guys mentioned. So before this moment, they're in a period of waiting. They knew that Jesus was sending the Holy Spirit, but he hadn't come yet. And so they were praying and they were waiting expectantly for what God was going to do. The second thing was it wasn't about their ability, but it was about their availability None of these guys had PhDs in Holy Spiritology. The Holy Spirit had never come before, and so they didn't even know what they were doing, but they're just like, well, God, we're, we're just going to wait for you. We're just going to wait for your Spirit to come. And then the Holy Spirit comes, and they're empowered, and Peter sets a vision for what life with the Holy Spirit is going to look like. And I don't know if any of you noticed this, But the passage didn't say some people will receive my spirit. It says, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So the spirit is for everyone. The spirit is for everyone. And then they're able to be confident about what to do because the Holy Spirit Spirit filled them with that power and with that confidence. And then they started a great movement of God's people um, declaring the message of Jesus and praying for God's power to come into those situations. And so after this, what happens is this massive church movement goes out. They all go out empowered by the Holy Spirit. They preach the gospel. They pray for God's power to come. And the world was never the same again. 
And so I, I've experienced this in my own life, being filled with God's spirit to preach his message and to pray for God's power. And I just want to share that with you quickly, if that's all right. So I was 19 and I was living at um, the Tops Conference Center, about 45 minutes away, and I was working there as an outdoor guide. And me and some housemates decided, hey, what if we just did this thing where we just open up our living room, no agenda, and we just create space for God to come? We'd never done anything like that before. We, we didn't have any PhDs in Holy Spiritology. And so all we had was an empty living room, and we invited people to come in and just see what God would do. And so what happened was um, we invited a whole bunch of friends and um, we had some great worship and God came and ministered to each and every one of us. And then afterwards, what happened was um, one of my friends who had come, she had brought one of her friends and she had this really bad wrist where it was swollen and it was painful and she couldn't really move it and it didn't really have any strength. And so we decided, well, let's pray about it. And so we asked her friend to pray for her and said, just pray for her. And she goes, oh, well, I, I, I don't know what to say. And we just said, it doesn't matter what you say. Let's, let's just pray and expect that God's going to do something. And so she prayed the most basic, simple prayer. Like I think it was something like, God, we just pray um, over this pain and swelling in this person's wrist, we ask that you would take it. Amen. That was it. And um, then what happened is literally before our eyes, the bones started to shift. And I'm not a doctor, but to me, that is not a normal occurrence of something that happens. And the swelling this, there was this puffy redness started to go down. And then afterwards, she was able to move her wrist without any pain. And then, just to really test it out, she decided to do a cartwheel <laughs> that she hasn't done for years, and it was fine. And we were, we were blown away. We were like, oh my goodness, I've never seen anything like that before. And we'd never seen anything like that. We didn't have a PhD in Holy Spiritology. We had no experience. We had no ability to do anything, but we just made ourselves available and asked for God to come. And then, so we, we uh, pack up our, our friend and her friend goes home. And then about an hour later, I get a call from her and she says, Guys, you're never going to believe this, but my friend I invited tonight wasn't a Christian. She's never been to church before, and I just decided to invite her along. And after what she saw tonight, she cannot deny that God is real. And in the car on the way home, she gave her life to Jesus and is now serving and connected in to a church. And I, I don't know what that does for you, but that, that completely messes with me. Because I'm like, this person has no experience of God. They prayed the most simple, basic prayer. 
There was no power in the words of what she was saying, but the power of the Holy Spirit came and moved and breakthrough and change happened in both of their lives and in our lives. And so it wasn't about our ability, but it was about our availability. We expected God to move. We prayed for one another. We received words to encourage one another. We prayed for healing, and it happened. And people came to faith and encountered Jesus. And this is what, this is what Peter's talking about. He's talking about this is what life with the Holy Spirit is like. This is what life in the kingdom is like. And we continue to run these over the next 12 months and see God move powerfully. And this was a defining moment in my life that gave me a passion to see people encounter God in new ways and to share the message of Jesus and to pray for God's power to come. And it taught me the power of making myself available to God, which has carried over the last five years for me. And I want us to imagine, what if our church looked like this? What if our church looked like this? People gathered expecting to move and empowered by his spirit. What would this look like in our life groups? In our mentoring relationships? In our youth ministry? In every aspect of our life? What would it look like? What would look differently? (laughs) What would look differently? And I want to suggest if we want this, here's the steps right here. We have to gather together. We have to pray for God's power, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week, expecting God to show up, making ourselves available to what he wants to do. Expecting and seeking God and making ourselves available. And so right now, I, I, I want to finish by us making ourselves available to God. And the, the, first, the first thing I'd like to do is, if you, haven't, if you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to make yourself available to that right now and to engage with that. Because life with Jesus is recognizing that he has a plan and a purpose for your life and he desires for you to see freedom in that life. So if you'd like to join me in that, we're just going to pray a simple prayer and I want you to repeat after me. Jesus, I'm sorry for the way that I've been living my life without you. I choose to accept your forgiveness and follow you for the rest of my life. Amen. So friends, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now welcomed into an incredible family of God's people. And so if that's you, I encourage you to talk to someone afterwards. We'd love to chat with you. We'd love to encourage you. We'd love to help you get connected into our little family. And what I also want us to do is 
maybe for you, you've never prayed and asked for the Holy Spirit to come in your life before. So I want to give us an opportunity to pray that right now. So would you pray with me if that's you? God, I need you. I invite your Holy Spirit to come and empower me. To live in the freedom and the purpose that you offer. And to show others how to do the same. Amen. We've just prayed a pretty dangerous prayer, guys. We've invited God to come. We've invited the Holy Spirit to come. And now what I want us to do is just to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit. So just for a minute, I just want us to pause. I want us to be silent and just to wait and see what God wants to say. week I, I made myself available to God I went and spent some time with him and I said God what situations are you wanting to speak into right now and so I'd love to just share what I felt like God gave to me in those moments and if one of these things I'm going to read them all out and if one of these things speak into one of your situations what I want you to do is I just want you to be a little bit brave a little bit courageous and put your hand up okay and then after we've read through them all we as a church now empowered by the Holy Spirit are going to pray over those people so if you see someone around you with a hand up we're going to pray for them Okay, so the first situation that I felt that God wanted to speak into is that um, someone here has a child that's not walking with God right now. And they have a lot of fear about that. And they're just wanting God to intervene. 
And I felt like God wanted to let you know that God does have a plan for their life and is with them on their journey and to surrender them to him and pray for them. So is there anyone here that feels like that speaks into their situation? Yeah, up the back. Yeah, a few. So in a moment, we're going to pray for that situation. The second one I felt was that someone here feels like they're on their own and they can't do it right now. Just life is overwhelming. It's too much. I can't do it. And I feel like God wanted to say that he can. And God doesn't call those who can do it better. He calls those who cannot do it without him. And 2 Corinthians 3 says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. So is there anyone that feels like that might be for them? Yeah? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The third one was, I, I feel like someone feels like their voice is being silenced. Like there's some kind of a grip around their throat. And the world, the enemy, even themselves sometimes is trying to silence that voice. And I felt God saying into that situation that God wants to use your voice and free it from the grips that want to silence it. And Proverbs says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. See, God wants to use you to be a voice to the voiceless. Is there anyone here that feels like that might be for them? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And the last one I felt was that someone, there's someone with pain in their lower back, some intense kind of tenderness and swelling and stuff like that. And God wants to bring healing to that pain and tenderness today. So is there anyone that has some pain in their lower back, some kind of tenderness or anything like that? Yeah. Okay, so it's time for our interaction again. So so the first one. The, the one about the child that's walking on their own. Hands up if you put your hand up for that one. Okay, church, I want us to look around and see those hands. Okay, remember those people, remember those faces. What about the second one, the person that feels like they're on their own, that they can't do it? Yeah, look around, see those faces, remember those people. The third one about the voice being silenced. Yeah. Look at those hands. And then anyone with pain in their lower back. Yeah. Cool. So now, church, can we go? Can we go and surround these people? Can we pray for God to come into those situations?
Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 